Welcome back to the One Big Thought Podcast. Very excited that you're with us on this episode as we are in part four of a multi-part episode series revolving around how do I live my life, ministry, relationships, marriage, friendships, inspired instead of frustrated. So this is part four. Before we jump into part four, uh, just a reminder that this podcast One Big Thought is brought to you by Crossroads Fellowship Church right here in North Carolina in Raleigh, where I am the senior pastor of this amazing church. And as always, I want to just invite you to reach out to us. You can reach out to info at crossroads.org. You can go to our website at crossroads.org. And if there's anything in any way that we could ever help you in your journey, whether it's in ministry or in life, please make sure you reach out to us and let us know how we can help you. It is a passion of ours. It's a passion of my heart to be able to help you in your journey to not only become all that God wants you to be, but also to really, as this episode is going to talk about, really live a life that's inspired. So here we go as we jump into part four of Inspiration versus Frustration. All right, so today we're going to talk about how do I become a person of God versus being a worker for God. A critical distinction between an inspiration-driven and a frustration-driven individual in ministry and in life is their focus. And as an inspirational-driven leader, we have to prioritize on being a person of God, while a frustration leader will often focus on being a worker for God. And I think this is so critical. I share this pretty regularly with people I talk to in ministry, especially. And that is that you have to be a person of God before you're a worker for God. And what that simply means is sometimes we get so busy in our ministry, or we get so busy in our business, we get so busy in our hobbies, that we actually forget that I'm supposed to be just a child of God first. And that means I have to be a person of God first. So I want to help you by giving you a few characterizations of what does it look like of being a person for God versus being a worker for God. And so let's just start with a person of God is characterized by a few attributes. I want to give you four attributes of a person of God that hopefully will help you evaluate where you are. But number one is this, is that you prioritize your relationship with God. See, an inspired, driven leader understand the importance of nurturing their own relationship with God as the cornerstone of their lives and ministries. They prioritize time for prayer, for worship, for a Bible study. See, they ensure that their connection with God remains strong and vibrant. And this intimate relationship with God provides them with wisdom, guidance, strength, all that's needed to navigate the challenges and opportunities that we all face in our leadership roles. Again, no matter where you are in leadership, this matters. And by placing their relationship with God at the center of their lives, these kind of leaders demonstrate their commitment to seeking and following God's will in all aspects of their ministry, all aspects of their life, all aspects of their business. This strong foundation enables all of us to make decisions and take actions that are aligned with God's purpose, creating a powerful testimony of our faith and trust in God's plan. So number one, first character uh, point is that we have to prioritize the relationship with God first. Number two is that we have to embrace spiritual growth. Uh, a person of God is committed to ongoing spiritual growth, recognizing that their journey with God is a lifelong process of learning, maturing, and transformation. 
These leaders actively seek opportunities to deepen their faith and understanding of God's character, purpose, and will for their lives. See, throughout the Bible and throughout studying the Bible and prayer and fellowship with other believers, people can cultivate a teachable spirit and openness to the guidance and correction of the Holy Spirit. And so by embracing spiritual growth, these kind of leaders allow God to shape and refine them, molding them into the individuals and leaders that He's really called them to be. So this ongoing process of growth and transformation not only strengthens personal faith, but also equips them to better serve and lead others in their ministry or in their business or in their life. So number one, the person of God is characterized by a prioritizing relationship with God. Number two, embraces spiritual growth. And number three, exhibits Christ-like character. I think this is a, a tell sign, right, that if we are a person of God, then our Christ-like character is going to show in the way we talk, the way we act, how we do business, how we do ministry, how we treat one another. In other words, a person of God strives to exhibit this character in our daily life every day, recognizing that actions, attitudes, these are all a reflection of the relationship with God and a testimony to those around them. So by seeking to embody qualities such as love, humility, forgiveness, and patience, People can demonstrate their commitment to following Christ's example and living out their faith in a tangible way. So this Christ-like character may not only influence personal lives, but it also impacts leadership. We model these qualities for team members and congregations alike. In doing so, we create an environment where others are inspired to grow in their own faith and in their own character, fostering that community of believers united in their purpose and pursuit of Christ-likeness. So here we go. A person of God is characterized by prioritizing relationship with God, embracing spiritual growth, exhibiting Christ-like character, and number four, serving out of love and gratitude. See, inspired by our own relationship with God, these kind of leaders approach their ministry from a place of love, gratitude, and obedience, understanding that their service is an extension of their worship. They recognize that their calling to serve others is a privilege. It's an opportunity to demonstrate God's love and share the hope they found in Christ. So this heartfelt motivation to serve out of love and gratitude empowers these kind of leaders with compassion, empathy, and selflessness, putting the needs of other people before their own. And as they serve in this way, they inspire their team members and congregants or business leaders or family to join them in a shared commitment of love and serving other people, creating a ministry that is truly grounded in the love of Christ. So those are the four, those four characterized um, attributes of a person of God. These characteristics are solid, prioritizing relationship with God, embracing spiritual growth, exhibiting Christ-like character, and serving out of love and gratitude. So now let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about a worker for God. A work for God may display these tendencies. The first one is this, and you'll see the difference here. The first one is that they emphasize task completion. People who are frustrated often prioritize completing tasks and achieving goals, which can overshadow the importance of nurturing their relationship with God, fostering healthy relationships with other people. Their focus on tasks and outcomes may cause them to view their ministry work as a duty or an obligation, rather than a joyful, meaningful act of service. So this mindset can tend to disconnect people from their faith, from their work. 
resulting in a diminished sense of purpose and satisfaction to their ministry or their job. By placing more emphasis on task completion than on their relationships with God, frustrated leaders will inadvertently create an environment where success is measured solely by tangible results. This can hinder spiritual growth, development of their team members and congregants, as well as their own personal and connection with God. Second characteristic of a worker for God is that they struggle with self-sufficiency. A worker for God may have a tendency to rely on their own abilities and resources rather than depending on God's guidance and provision. These self-sufficiency can lead to isolation, burnout, disillusionment, frustration. As people struggle to accomplish their ministry goal without fully relying on God, these kind of leaders may experience a sense of being overwhelmed and inadequate. And by learning to depend on God's strength and provision, frustration-driven leaders can begin to experience peace and confidence, uh, joy that comes from trusting in God's plan for their lives and their ministry. See, this shift in perspective can help them navigate challenges and setbacks with grace and resiliency. So, characteristics of a worker for God, one, emphasizes task over completion or task completion over people. Two, struggles with self-sufficiency versus just relying on God's plan. And number three, they lack spiritual depth. So people who are frustrated may neglect their spiritual growth and relationship with God, which can result in a shallow faith, limited understanding of God's character and purpose, and this lack of spiritual depth can hinder their ability to effectively lead and serve other people because they're struggling to discern God's guidance for their own life. But by prioritizing their relationship with God and committing to ongoing spiritual growth, these leaders can actually deepen their faith, gain a richer understanding of God's character, His purpose, and His will. And the spiritual depth not only needs to strengthen their personal faith, but also will enable them to shepherd and lead at better levels. Levels. So here we go. The four characteristics. Number one, emphasize task completion over people. Number two, struggling with self-sufficiency. Number three, lacking spiritual depth. And the fourth characteristic of somebody who is more focused on being a worker for God instead of a people, a person of God, is that they serve out of obligation. A worker of God may engage in ministry work or leadership out of a sense of duty or obligation rather than a genuine love for God and other people. So this approach can lead to feelings of resentment, exhaustion, diminished sense of purpose in their life, in their ministry, in their job. But when serving comes a burden rather than a joy, it can negatively impact leaders' overall effectiveness and the atmosphere within their company or their team or their ministry. So by cultivating a heart of gratitude and love for God and other people, these leaders can transform their mindset, approach to uh, leading as service. They can serve out of shifting out of an obligation to serving out of love and will experience renewed energy, passion, purpose in their life, ministry, and in their business. This change can, uh, an attitude can have a profound impact on their leadership and lives of people they serve. So in, in summary, inspirational driven leaders focus on being a person of God, which prioritizes their relationship with God, spiritual growth, which leads to Christ-like character and a joyful service. In contrast, frustration-driven leaders emphasize being a worker for God, which often neglect their relationship with God, serving out of obligation, which can result in burnout and dissatisfaction. 
All right, so that's enough for part four and part five of this ongoing multi-series episodes around inspiration versus frustration. We're going to talk about how the fruit of the Spirit in an inspirational leader versus toxic traits in a frustration-driven leader. So again, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode. And once again, if there's anything that we can do for you, if there's anything that we can offer you or help you with, please reach out to us at info at crossroads.org or just go to our website, crossroads.org, and you can find multiple ways to reach us there. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I can't wait to have you join us on part five of Inspiration versus Frustration.